2: i use ct insider a lot and i like it and uh emily emily de wrote a story about this abandoned factory in hartford that's sort of become a, a business hub for black entrepreneurs in hartford and i said what a great story and she's also since then you know written on the situation in farmington as it relates to they got rid of the making the Jewish holidays school holidays, and then they brought it back, and there's a lot of collateral damage in terms of the community. And I'd like to talk about both of those with Emily, who joins us live here on Brian & Company and WTIC. Emily, good morning. How are you?
0: Good, Brian. Thanks
2: for having me. Uh, listen, which one do you want to start with? You um, want to go Farmington or you want to go Hartford? Yeah, Hartford. All right, let's go Hartford because – First of all, as a journalist, like I'm curious. You know, I'm not a journalist anymore, but I don't. I don't think I can consider myself. Uh, before we get into the meat of the story, like, h- how did it come across your desk? Did yeah, you good find questions. it on your own. Yeah,
0: so I have a great network of sources in Hartford since I've started covering the city uh, earlier this year, and I had a contact at the Local Initiative Support Coalition named Jim Horan. Um, they do a lot of uh, economic development work in the neighborhoods in Hartford, and I had reached out to him and said, you know, I'd love to write a business-focused story that isn't directly related to downtown. Um, and he kind of pointed me toward Patrick McKenna, who was um, one of the guys at the Northeast Neighborhood Partnership, and he told me all about the Swift factory, and he invited me to come by, which was kind of how it all started.
2: Well, uh, you know, tell people about it because, I mean, it, it's a fascinating story. It's an abandoned factory it's become a bit of a hub for black op entrepreneurs. So, And you can find the story at CT Insider. And if you just look up Emily, Emily DeSalvo, D I S A L V O, just uh, tell people the synopsis of, of the story.
0: Yeah. So, um, the Swift factory sort of used to be a real business hub in, in the Northeast end of Hartford, um, dating all the way back to the 1880s. And it closed officially in, uh, 2010 around there. And, um, you know, they kind of were like, what do we do with this building? It's this huge eyesore building right in the middle of our neighborhood. Right. Um, and some uh, community solutions, like a nonprofit, ended up coming in, and the Swift uh, Factory family had donated the factory to Community Solutions, who then kind of put on this survey, uh, spearheaded by John Thomas, who was the sort of the centerpiece of my story. And he kind of asked people in the neighborhood, like, what sort of use for this building Um, would most benefit your neighborhood what do you need what's missing and they kind of said like we're looking for jobs right we're looking for a place to to take this factory and use it for what it used to be for which was jobs and economic development and um, today you know jobs don't look like factories they often look like offices
2: and maybe a commercial
0: kitchen and uh, spaces to work and that's what it became
2: so what sort of stuff is happening inside the building
0: yeah, so it's a really, really cool floor plan. Um, there's a couple offices on the first floor, like, you know, big desks and computers and things like that. On one side, there's um, just rows of kitchens. They're all different sizes. Some are bigger than others, depending on the size of the business. Like Chef Walt is a pretty big Uber Eats uh, ghost kitchen, and they have a pretty large space of commercial kitchen. Then there's just an entire hallway with these beautiful big floor-to-ceiling windows um, where people have offices. Some of them have two desks, um, some of them have one desk, and it's just, you know, you see a little sign on every door where um, a different business is located, and I ended up talking to Leah Jones, who runs like a consignment, um, like she flips different clothing items over from consignment shops out of one of those, so it's it's really like a versatile space. you could walk and who, through and see any number of different yeah. businesses.
2: and who like and, and, and do they pay rent out does it how does it work in terms of availability and and getting to use it?
0: yeah, so just really like any other um, office building you will pay rent uh, it's you know it's not a handout it's just for sure full rent um, and the it just happens to attract people in the neighborhood because of how convenient it is,
2: yeah. It's a great story. We're talking with Emily DeSalvo from Hearst Media here on Brian & Company. Uh, the story is about this, you know, formerly abandoned, you know, space that is now being used for, for local businesses, and it's a, it's, it's a great story. The other thing, you know, we unfortunately we only have such little time here to talk about stuff, but I did want to talk about Farmington for a second. Uh, did you know that that's outside of, you know, obviously outside of Hartford, and you know, for me, I actually, uh, honestly, I was born Jewish. I'm not a practicing religious person at all, but I, you know, it wouldn't offend me if people talked about, you know, not having, you know, trying to increase school days, and 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 there's certain maybe compromises you need to make, and certain holidays. Like I think Yom Kippur is more important than Rosh Hashanah. Maybe they have to take. I, I think it's okay to have the conversation, but it seems like this really, really has thrown this community, you know, into some turmoil here. Can you, you know what, what are some of the basically the story is they, they they took the Jewish holidays off the school calendar in terms of getting days off mm-hmm. and then there was this big uproar and then they brought them back. What is the collateral damage from all that's happened?
0: Yeah so I, they had removed them in November they put them back on this week after backlash. The collateral damage was really that parents felt parents and faith advocates had kind of felt like their students didn't they weren't valued as much for example like if they have to take a day off from school, and they have to make up all that work just because they wanted to celebrate their holiday. Like, right. I talked to one parent who just said she was having a hard time having that conversation with her kids at the dinner table when she was saying to them, you know, Christmas and Easter might not be, you know, treated the same way.
2: Interesting. And so what about the people, you know, who were, you know, it's not like they're, you know, people were saying that if the people who were for this were being somehow anti-Semitic, I mean, is there is there going to be some lingering, you know, Hard feelings on 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 that other side too.
0: Um, I mean, it, the board, uh, you know, was clear that they didn't mean this in an anti-Semitic way, and I, I included that statement in the story. Um, I just think that people were wondering, particularly the parents that I talked to and the rabbis that I talked to, were wondering why these holidays in particular were the ones that they were using as sort of a negotiation chip to. Um, to try and have the school year not go as long why was yeah. it those holidays um in particular so i think they just felt personally offended and then as i stated in the story you know just in light of events that have been going on in the country and in the world um targeting the jewish community that felt particularly hurtful
2: yeah i mean you know, listen we know there's uh, a spike in anti-semitism both you know nationally and even globally so i guess there's you know obviously a lot more sensitivity about it we got about a minute left i want to ask you we did a lot of talk on the show when they were trying to get a new high school in farmington and Mm -hmm. can you just update people on the progress there because it's obviously i think it was approved almost like if not it was kind of in the middle of the pandemic maybe and 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 there's a whole lot of stuff going on what's what's the latest with that new high school because it's a i don't know it's a huge expense
0: yeah, it's a great question. They, they just added um, a new referendum, which was yesterday. I've been checking online and I'm going to call town clerk later today to see if it passed. Actually, they wanted to add um, $9.7 million onto the existing expense just because of inflation and some supply chain issues as well as the tennis courts. Um, so uh, I should be finding out today whether or not uh, residents of Farmington decided to pass that referendum and add on that additional money to the referendum that they already approved
2: right which was you know upward of 135 million it's a big it's a big number for a town like that so i mean it's not quite 10 percent but it, it is a pretty big spike in it so we'll be keeping on top of that uh emily it's great to have you in the program uh next time i'll try you know we're here uh, doing a lot of fundraising for salvation army and I'm, I'm sorry we didn't have a little bit more time for you but uh we appreciate the time on this friday morning all right thanks for having me brian uh, Emily DeSalvo from Hearst Media, and you can go to ctinsider.com to look at all our stuff. T-Mobile
1: has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.